Hello. Hey. Welcome to Ergo. You're back. Or this is your first time, which is equally as exciting. Or you didn't take a break between the last episode of this one. <laughs> You're just doing just it. Running straight through. To all of you, we love you. Shut up. Except for that one fan. Thank you got some things to work on. I'm calling you in. <laughs> <laughs> you can do better. For those who don't know what the hell we're talking about, what we do here is showcase the folks reshaping the culture of Chicago and beyond. For the more equitable and creative artists, writers, organizers, space makers. And it turns out that our guest today does all of those things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, My mother named me Damon Alexander Williams. What's your name? Oh, I'm Daniel Kisslinger. Welcome. You can call me Kiss. You can call me Dame, Damon, Dame Diddy. <laughs> does anyone call you Dame Diddy? There is one person, yes. I got a new nickname yesterday, which I like a lot. I got this through softball. Oh. I did the very forward move of putting kiss on my uniform before i I knew any of my teammates i love it it's so hard because i'm not trying to create a new nickname i'm trying to create continuity yeah 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 no no the world gave you that name so i've been kiss for most of the season yesterday as i was going up to bat one of my teammates shout out nathan called me smooch okay which i love you love it i love it you love a smooch come on smooch here oh, we yeah. go. Oh, yeah. I get that. I get that. Baseball tone. Yeah. That's what I need. Baseball tone does it. The only people who ever called me Danny consistently were every baseball coach I've ever had. Okay. So I'm just trying to replace Danny with Smooch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, before we go too far down uh, the psychological damages of my sports career, a couple other little things. We are, as we keep saying, headed back on the road. We're going to be running around through October, November a little bit. You can still bring us to your campus organization company community space to help facilitate dialogue on how to better communicate in dialogue and then how to reimagine your space for the more equitable and creative if you're interested in bringing us to your spot you can look on our website ergoradio.com slash booking email us at contact at ergoradio.com and our wonderful booking agent nandi from allied media projects will figure out how to make that happen you can also get your ergo tea at ergoradio.com slash store with all that being said, let's get to our guest. Elijah is the newly appointed executive director of Open TV, the wonderful intersectional web platform that we've talked about a bunch on the show. They curate Reunion, an amazing space up in Humble Park. Mm-hmm. Also did a big uh, Prep for Love campaign, which we'll talk about in, in the episode. And it was just really great to talk about personal growth, as we always seem to now be talking mm-hmm. about. Um, transcendent understanding of self, nuanced notions of privilege. Promenading on the boulevard. So much. So without further ado, let's get to our conversation with Elijah McKinnon. I'm on a back porch okay. and it's not in this universe. Mm. So I can't tell you. Can't give you coordinates for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of just got to get on my spaceship. Yeah. It's like a whole thing. There's a loading and queue process. There's paperwork. It's, a it's commute. Crazy. There's a commute. A couple light years. Mm. There is paperwork in your transcend- <laughs> yes. transcendental experience. Mm-hmm. That's oh. how you know that you've gotten some grants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just tell me so much about your brain. <laughs> that would be paperwork. There's paperwork. Yeah, we got to know. We got to vet. <laughs> oh, my God. But it's not the kind of paperwork that you're thinking about. Uh, mm. what, what's, uh, what, what, what's the questionnaire? <laughs> well, we need a writing sample. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you. That's the thing. Okay. We have to apply. You have, it's, no, you have don't to know. Put in an LOI. (laughs) Actually, yes. (laughs) A letter of a letter of of interstellar interstellar activities. Yeah, an LOIA. LOIA. Yes, a lawyer. 
A lawyer, yeah. yeah you got to file a lawyer. No, it's like basically you're just presenting. <laughs> I need a lawyer like, over here. Right. You're presenting like what you would be bringing okay. to this, you know, interstellar dimension. Are there, mm. are there needs that someone could contribute? Yes. Immense amount of love, compassion, respect, you know, desire. What's the food game looking like? It's all very tasty. <laughs> Farm to table. <laughs> <laughs> It's Liddy McGiddy in the city over here, I'm telling you. Is it farm to table in like The Martian where he had to only eat potatoes that he grew in that thing? Oh, that I movie? oh that yeah, movie. I forgot about that movie too. I think yeah. he forgot about that movie. <laughs> I think only he wanted to forget about that movie. <laughs> I kind of like that movie. I, because I like a movie about a solitary person mm. who's like struggling with mm-hmm. internal things. Luckily, there's lots of shows about that and lots of movies about yeah. that. But like, And specifically as a guy, a guy who's like Alone in a crowd, on a journey, all that kind of stuff. Exactly. Those movies really frustrate me. What movies? A Castaway, a a Sandra Bullock up in space, a Martian. Yeah. I like them better when they're that kind of struggle, but on Earth. Like someone who is like emotionally solitary, not physically solitary. Okay. Like James Franco having to cut off his arm, all those things. Yeah. I avoid those. Shark in the Water Mm -hmm. movie. It just lacks luster to me. And also like... I think I operate in a like a fantasy world. Mm-hmm. Even my fantasy world is more real than this. <laughs> <laughs> it, it I mean, we just described the application process. Yeah. Right. It's pretty much in place, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's racialize this. Maybe it's well, a white thing. That's a huge part of it. Mm, that I mean, yeah. <laughs> but also, like... Why, am I, why do I have fear of being stranded, being alone? Is that... Hmm. I know. I'm like, I don't have any fear of being stranded or alone. I'm like, I will just call into my ancestors. I'm never alone. (laughs) So, but for you, it's a fear of watching that thing? Not even fear. I always try to go there because I assume there must be some fear underlying, but it, but it's, it's an angst. It's that real, like, you know, kind of like in your like loins growing, like tension. Like I feel like I'm holding it type feel. Mm. That's, that's you just talking about that genre. And Mm. I didn't, that wasn't even conscious for me. I didn't, I didn't recognize. Hmm. Yeah, I don't like those movies. Like, I want to be on an island alone, maybe not indefinitely, but like for, for a an year afternoon? Oh. or something. <laughs> yeah, just alone with my thoughts, having to figure it out. Like, mm. I just imagine like how much immense growth like my mind could go through. Yeah, without like any interruption. The reason why that wouldn't work for me is because what happens is then you get I get stuck in the like cycles rather than when I verbalize it I can like break the patterns and then grow from there. For you, you can just do that all in your head. Yeah, mm. Mm. that's pretty cool. Now I, it got deep for me actually because I got diagnosed with a, a a dependency personality disorder. Uh, like you know, it's not a big thing, but what a dependent like a, a dependent upon yeah a variety of a variety of people. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, and so. I think that's what it is. Of mm-hmm. like, I don't think I have like the rugged independence and resilience to yeah. survive it. So like, I I like solitude mm-hmm. with the idea of like, oh, I need to figure out how I'm gonna eat and use the bathroom and right, right, and like not lose my mind and make shelter and that makes a lot of sense. All of that, I think that actually probably frightens me. For I think real. like a lot of of my mentality has to come from well, my experience with losing both of my parents. Mm. And also, I think my parents both instilled in me at a young age that everything is temporary. Mm. And so it's not in the mindset of just being wasteful, right? And not being mindful of like the things that you have and the time that you occupy them, Mm. but more so that like, 
respecting and having immense gratitude for the things that you have in this time and space mm-hmm. and then being open to releasing those things when that time comes with or without control, mm-hmm. right? And I think that a lot of what I have had to unlearn, I love I statements. Um, <laughs> I can't speak for everybody. I don't even want to try. I statements are good on a podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I statements in life, I'm like, who is we? Because, like, you know, people be throwing we and community. I'm like, I yeah. am not in your community, sis. <laughs> yeah. Like, you, you, no. <laughs> something interesting, and I'm testing this out and, like, welcoming being challenged on it. The last, like, month or so, I've I had, like, an epiphany of selectively using we as a personal pronoun. Mm. Oh, yeah. I've been yeah. referring to myself in plurals. Like, there's the Elijahs. Oh, right? see? I'm like, I, there's I Elijah over here, <laughs> Elijah over there, and then there's one in the front and the back. Mm-hmm. And you're encircled by Elijah's. I am, yeah. And a lot of them are just like past lives. Are they the same? Oh no. Do they interact with each other Absolutely. without you? So right, we're, we're ready to do this. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. We're here. I'm so curious. What does this encirclement provide? Preservation. They are my ancestors, my guiding light, like my north star. Mm. Um, they are things that I lean into and out of. I think I am constantly in spaces where I am being challenged. And so I don't necessarily think that the person who is showing up is me, right? It's like all of the people that it took to get me to be in this space, in this chair, in this room right now. And so the Elijahs are always, they got my back. They're like, oh, don't do that. (laughs) Don't talk to her or go ask her that. (laughs) and i'm like okay and it is i mean it's a a slight like feeling in my gut or it is you know a tickle behind my ear and it is something that i can't explain but makes complete sense to me because it's the elijah's there you go also is a show it does sound like a show right i know everything's a show i live in a movie ah this is a yeah all right we're there (laughs) let's do it we are so Overjoyed. I'll use we. I think I can speak in, in concert <laughs> on this one. Do that. Uh, to be in the studio with Elijah McKinnon today. <laughs> oh my God, I love that. Ooh. <laughs> that, yes. got, that got sensual. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. I love it. So, Elijah, we, we, we have a practice. We have a tradition here. Love a practice. <laughs> <laughs> love a practice. Shout out to all the practices. Yes. <laughs> Private practice, public practice. <laughs> it's, it's a two-part question. How is the world treating you, and how are you treating the world? Oh, I love this question. Such a great question. I think I am treating the world with an immense amount of time, space, and patience. I think... The world that I live in and the world that I want to see are not very far from each other. Mm -hmm. And I am very passionate about connecting those two Mm -hmm. and understand that it's going to require a lot of time, space, and patience. And then the world is treating me with just like immense amount of joy that's like erupting from the inside of like my Mm. stomach and Mm. coming all the way through up like my lungs out into the world and it's just like there was a little oh interpretive dance piece for those who uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's me see the pleasure like flower the, the, up it there. is it's like <laughs> so you know um i don't smoke weed anymore but i smoked weed for like a decade and okay. so you know that moment when you take the hit 
look at me. I'm like, the moment you take the hit of the weed. <laughs> so you know that moment and then you like, it goes into your head and you're like, <sighs> yes. I am operating in that space like just daily. Like I'm just uh-huh. in in that moment of just like, uh, like edging almost. Like just like, <laughs> I'm just there all day, every day. And it's Whew. amazing. I think a lot of it has to do with my sobriety, which is <laughs> nine months. Hey. Oh, congratulations. Yes. Wow. That, that's something I've, I've seen you post about or talk about publicly mm-hmm. a few times mm-hmm. and i don't know like the story or what led to it but i think over the last year i don't know maybe because us 20 somethings are becoming more 20 upped uh, 20 up i love that <laughs> we're, we're 20 up we're 20 upping <laughs> 20 upping uh, yes. I, you know i, I think i I'm, <laughs> I'm feeling like a, a communal consciousness of like how we're treating our body and substances and you know sobriety and 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 that so for, for you was there a specific world turn that got you into this nine month period that we're in or was it just kind of a gradual movement toward it both and we love a both and yeah (laughs) both and t-shirt yeah yeah (laughs) i know i mean we were just talking i'm like i'm conflicted about everything (laughs) um but no i think for me it is i can only speak for me and my my journey i have always had a very addictive personality and i think Specifically, over the last two to three years, I've had a very difficult time with like substance abuse and not having, I think, healthy coping mechanisms in place to help me with all of the work that I have decided to take on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't regret any of the decisions that I have made to get me to this place that I am in now because I had to go through those um, journeys and explorations into myself to understand like where my true value lies. Mm-hmm. And so last year I was spiraling out of control and I was having immense responsibilities, trying to run multiple businesses and having very, very horrible practices on mm-hmm. taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. I remember the day I just like woke up and I was like, Bitch, <laughs> you literally <laughs> the old started that. <laughs> I was like, Is that your phone alone? Bitch, <laughs> you better get right within. Um, I mean, really, what activated me was like, I woke up and I was like, Wow, I'm like actually in my dream, like, I'm mm. inside of it, mm. and I am throwing it away. And I think there was a specific hmm. moment. I have this really lovely apartment off of Humble Boulevard, and I love it so much. And shout out to your apartment. Yes, it's literally <laughs> my sanctuary. I, I can't wait to get back to you. Also, tonight. shout out to a boulevard. I know I secured that. Oh, um, I'm big on the boulevard. I'm big on the boulevard. <laughs> I mean, too. I want to be big, not like culturally big on the boulevard. <laughs> yes, but like. I'm a boulevard, boulevard proponent. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a lifestyle. I didn't it's even know. <laughs> that boulevard I, lifestyle. Yeah, I had become a boulevard girl. And shout out to my landlord who is holding it down. Fuck around and a promenading. Right. It's <laughs> you know? so true. Lounging and, and ish. Um, I remember, and I've told this story to a couple of my friends, and it's it's so wild. But I don't even know why I'm sharing this. But I'm an after-hours girl. I'm a club girl. You know, mm-hmm. I find... You know, my church is the dance floor and the sacrificing of sweat, right? Mm. And so I remember I was like, <laughs> you know, spiraling one night and like carrying with the girls in my apartment. And then like my landlord, who a very open relationship. Um, <laughs> you I, stay in multiple places? <laughs> yeah, right. I think that like they may be in love with me, but I also think that everyone's in love with me. So okay. that's just like neither here nor there. And they like came <laughs> over because they were trying to call me all night long because apparently like my 
party was loud. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and they like walked in and I was like passed out and they were like, Elijah, what has changed? And I was just like, <laughs> I felt so red. I'm like, this white man just asked me what has changed in my life. And like, the thing is, is like, that's a deep hangover day start. You know These what I'm two saying? two really intense day stars. The bitch and then the what has right. changed. Combine a bitch, what has changed? <laughs> so that actually, so the bitch happened inside of that moment. Um, it was like, literally myself inside myself was like, snatching me. Yeah. And the old soul snatch. Right. It was a nice little soul snatch. And I was like, you know what, girl, you're not going to get kicked off of this boulevard <laughs> first, and foremost, <laughs> first and foremost you have worked too hard to lose the boulevard <laughs> to lose the boulevard you know what yeah. i'm saying and then you know i really did some 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 deep work and realized like oh it's not all of these things in terms of responsibilities that were getting me down it was the fact that i didn't have a healthy practice in place that allowed me to really heal my body from like, you know, previous traumas of like sexual abuse and violence and, mm. you know, losing both of my parents and just like an extreme amount of loss and just mm. in my life. And I think that moment I was just like, you actually made it out and through that. Mm. Right. <laughs> so you have the tools and the resources and you are of privilege to be able to pull yourself even deeper out of this. Mm. So like, you know, I'm an Aries. I'm an extreme girl. I'm just like, <laughs> fire, fire, fire. So I was just like, and now we're sober. <laughs> and then it's just been this 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 journey ever since. Uh, my friend, I'm going to do a lot of shout outs. My future ex-husband, um, <laughs> Hijo Prodigo, was telling me we were... Um, you got to line that up early. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah of course. Oh, I'm going to have a couple. I'm going to get married just because of the hell of it. Those are going to be some weddings. Oh, that's what I'm doing it for. You know. You already know. Experience. I've seen you put stuff together. Experience. Okay. Um, But they were telling me, we were in Europe this summer, and they were like, you're just an addictive girl. Like You just have an Hmm. addictive personality. So like right now, you're just addicted to being sober, and you're addicted to like your health, and you're addicted (laughs) to like, you know, your well-being and how you were like showing up in the world. And I was like... And what about it? <laughs> well, that's a um, it's a Ramdas line where he says like the people who can tell you like I've been sober and nine months is you know but people who like twenty I've been sober twenty three years six months and fourteen days it's like oh they're dying from not drinking like it <laughs> right. is it is equally as right. destructive not to their liver but like mm-hmm. to their spirit and their mm-hmm. soul to be because you're still being defined in relationship to this addiction yeah. right that's, that's interesting because. I'm still trying to like have my most expansive but like set in understanding and, and, and definition of, of addiction. I'm at a place where I think it like has to have some type of harm or unhealthy aspect to it. Like, can you be addicted to something that is not hurting you? Well, the point is, is that I, I agree with you that in this instance, it is hurting them. Oh, right, right, right. right? That, like. that obsessiveness, that dedication to that being their sense of self mm-hmm. is that they're sober mm-hmm. they're still not yeah. free tie your identity and what you're not doing is not necessary. right, right. The, his whole thing is like the point isn't to be sober the point is to be free similarly like the point isn't to be catholic the point is to be the point isn't to be jewish like what you're striving toward is a feeling of liberation mm-hmm. right and if you're still defining yourself in relationship to this pain then you're not moving forward you're, mm. you're you're stuck in that place you know and it's a very individualist model but i think right. it's really interesting it, it really i mean you feel addicted to, to I, sobriety and health? i do not feel okay. addicted to my sobriety and health i think i which began with bitch so what <laughs> bitch, so what right exactly um i'm just 
We're gonna set a record for the me. most bitches in a yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I like. I love our street cred. <laughs> the word bitch. Okay, and fuck. Both of those. Some anyway, quality stuff. Um, <laughs> but like bitch and like celebratory. Like yes, bitch. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, but for me, you know, I explained to them like this is a journey that I am on. Like many other journeys, I will be on for the rest of my life. And I think for me at this current space and time, I am more interested. And if I am to even use the word addicted into falling into myself, right? Mm -hmm. Like deeper into the depths of like where my mind can go, how big I can dream, like what worlds can I create with like my body? And Mm -hmm. I think what's been the most fruitful experience is learning like more about my body, right? Mm. Like just getting inside of myself and mm-hmm. understanding that like my mind is connected to my heart and my heart is connected to this physical thing mm-hmm. that like gets up and moves. And I think like about privilege a lot. And I think a lot of people think and equate privilege to this like very negative mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, what I've come to understand is that Privilege is an honor, right? It is an honor that I have this privilege to be able to X, Y, Z. And so I love using this this privilege to be able to serve, right? And so for me, it's not about like, Hmm. oh, I have this body that is just able to do these things. It's like, oh, shit, I have this body that can be put to work and can be used and can be contributing to something larger Mm. and right now i'm just on this journey of like falling deeper into that and that's like my smoothie every morning (laughs) you know i got a trainer yeah and he fine Uh (laughs) you gotta have a fine trainer shout out to rashad hall yeah Yeah, you don't want to you can't have a janky looking trainer (laughs) no well see the thing is is like i don't like to sweat except when i'm like sacrificing yeah exactly Or when I'm sacrificing on the dance floor. Yeah. And so Which is a beautiful idea. Which is a different type of sweat. You know, that's not <laughs> even really sweat. That's just releasing these bad <laughs> yeah. toxins yeah. or whatever. You're not sweating out water. You're sweating out like uh inhibition. <laughs> right. And there's just something about working out that is just very aggro to me, which is inherently very like patriarchal and like masculine. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just like, ugh, like I don't like that. But Rashad is like equal parts potentially my future ex husband. <laughs> Isaac Gomez, I'm not coming for your man. I love you. And oh, that together. Rashad. Yeah, that Rashad. Oh, I love Rashad. I know, me too. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I needed someone who was like attainable, but like I wouldn't cross the boundary, but right, like can right. inspire yeah. me. It's like I don't know if I want to be in your body or be with your body. I yeah. Don't know. Yeah, but but just the not knowing. But just the not knowing is going to make me do this. Dude, I'm like a little squat more. Yes. <laughs> Did you see that? Did you see? I know it really is that. I'm like, look, I have good form. Okay. <laughs> Trainers with mystique mm-hmm. is important. I'm, I'm, all right, I got a throw a pin. Okay, I'm gonna put a pin we in that a privilege. Pin sound effect, we do huh? need a pin sound effect. I'm gonna put a pin in that privilege. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's Pri- do it. Privilege pin. We're gonna come back to that because I think I, you, I really like how you're, you're unfolding that that notion. But I want to go back to the intentionality of like changing your like life flow mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. if you want to call that sobriety or, or whatever right. but it sounds bigger than just like i'm not drinking this you know yeah i know a lot of people who i'm sure are listening like have that desire or have that awareness but it is struggle in terms of process and the mm-hmm. actual steps so i want to like unpack some of what your practices or process were to get to the space that i hear you in now mm-hmm. because i'm trying to stop using the word discipline 
think yeah I think, I think it's rooted in violence and like some christian violence yeah and but, like the structure yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so usually, it comes from disciple and it also usually means like i need to discipline my child means uh-huh. i need to abuse my child yeah. but the idea that of like hmm. being regimented or having control or being mm-hmm. organized or agency yeah, intentional mm-hmm. right being intentional um that people are trying to say with discipline i think is is and like powerful. commitment yeah yeah right, so right. all of those words what was your process? If you want of, synonyms, we got you. <laughs> right. <laughs> of getting to that space of, of a little bit more agency and control and commitment to your health. How did, how did you actually do it? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And for me, I think about my life as a practice, right? Mm-hmm. There are these things that are orbiting around me and I am cultivating them and nurturing them and making sure that they continue to orbit, right? I am only a facilitator of that. And mm-hmm. so... Um, in a very small part of that, right? Mm-hmm. Like the things will continue to orbit, but I'm just contributing mm-hmm. and making sure that it's smooth, mm-hmm. right? And that mm-hmm. there's no collision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, ooh, I like that. <laughs> I like that. I like it I'm too. Gonna put a, I'm going to put a pin in that. Um, <laughs> a personal pin. A personal pin, right. Not a privileged pin, but a personal <laughs> pin. Um, I think for me, there were two specific moments. One was that I have been fortunate and privileged enough to be a part of some really amazing projects Mm -hmm. um, that have developed into concepts which have become, you know, fully functioning organizations. Mm -hmm. And all of those things started from a dream that I had and that a community of people that aligned with and Mm -hmm. jived with and we're like, we're rocking that way Mm -hmm. and we're with you. Mm -hmm. And so being able to be a part of that and facilitate that was like, oh, that's a little nugget. Like, (laughs) that's there's also responsibility with that. And so I then kind of looked up and I realized that, you know, a lot of the company that I keep and a lot of my, you know, immediate friend group and family is 10 to 15 years my senior. (laughs) And so... I looked up and I'm like, y'all bitches ain't having kids. <laughs> like, what is going on here? Like, we're over here creating these ecosystems and like dreaming about these worlds and we're actually in it. Mm-hmm. But like, not on some like, who are we passing this on to? But like, literally, mm-hmm. who are we sharing this with? Like, who, mm-hmm. like, what are we doing all this for? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I'm not just trying to have this end with me right i'm trying to make me irrelevant and so that the next girl can step up and be like so what we're doing is yeah and so i want a baby (laughs) you know and i want a baby soon Mm -hmm. i don't use language like getting my shit together because i feel like i'm in a constant state of getting shit together and i actually kind of enjoy shit not being together and so i think it was more of a what do i need to do with my body to make sure that like I can actually understand the responsibility and really be present in the mindset that is going to be required of having a little Hmm. spud. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, cause woo babies are a motherfucker. They are. (laughs) And like, you know, I want to adopt and like, I'm not waiting on a nigga for that. And so I'm like, are they not usually giving out, you know, babies to, you know, independent, badass, non-binary baddies with. Yeah. Excellent style, um, <laughs> but also like you know, in I was solitude. So curious, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, the I the style discrimination, right? Is 
It is. They're like, ooh, That's... she's saucy. We're not giving her baby. No, but they're really, they're really not. They're not. Uh-huh. They're not giving you know black queer non-binary folk who are uh, in solitude or single, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever that means and how that shows up for for folks. And so for me, I was like, I'm not going to let this stop me. And I'm more, I think, focused on falling into myself. And so what that yeah. looked like was you know, taking my therapy more seriously and getting on, you know, a more chemically balanced pathway for my anxiety and my depression that I've had for over a decade that I have not really, you know, dealt with and like getting another therapist to deal with like all of the trauma that I've gone through. And then So are you saying you have two therapists? I have two therapists. Yes. That's I see one point. every Monday and then I see one quarterly because I don't have the capacity to be dealing with the trauma every day. Like that right. can't I'm mm. like we could do that quarterly. Oh, that's brilliant. So you have <laughs> yeah. one who is just kind of like the the ongoing day to day like I'm trying to figure out mm. this challenge that, yes. like the quotidianness just, and then just one my, my like, meat and potatoes. Exactly. And Shout out to Miss Tina, Miss Tina, I love you. We just had a session yesterday. You got me together. I love you. And then Ranisha, you know, that's like the deep dive into the into the more challenging. <laughs> yes, stuff. yes. You take that's a few so months to chew that it, over. Exactly. <laughs> and it's, like, it's usually like a two hour session, and it's exhausting. Wow, I usually beautiful. go to sleep. <laughs> that's, I've, I've never that heard idea. of that, but that sounds. Was yeah. there anyone? Was that something that you came up with on your own, or was there someone else who had kind of balanced it in that way? Um, I've been in and out of therapy since I lost my parents. Well, I lost my mother almost 15 years ago and then my father shortly after that, so about a decade Mm -hmm. ago. And so I, you didn't kill them, so it's okay. (laughs) Um, But thank you. I appreciate that. It's fine. It would be weird if the person who did say condolences. I know. I know. I mean, I don't know. I'm just like, after so long, I'm like, I have so much love and light. Damon is so hurt right now. (laughs) I mean, unless you have something to tell me. Did you? Because then we can we can square up. Don't let my petite figure fool you, girl. I got hands. I got hands. If you're wearing these outfits, you better you better be able to buck up. This is okay. the hardest that I've ever seen David live on the show. That show was funny. Uh, I mean, I'm just saying. You know, the idea of the person who killed someone then saying condolences for doing it is right. a wild, wild thing. I just, I'm happy that I can bring this much joy. This, this right here is actually what's going to propel me through the rest of the week. I didn't know my humor was that dumb, (laughs) but that really just struck a chord. Oh my god, I go deep in there. That's beautiful. So you have mentioned them a couple times. We we can talk about losing them if you want, but more importantly, just to kind of bring them in the room. What were your parents like? Oh my gosh, they were so brilliant and they created me so <laughs> duh <laughs> but no they they were really compassionate and i think they had me at a time when it was very frightening i think to be bringing you know black babies into this world i mean mm. it's always frightening to bring black babies into this world but i think we didn't have support systems like we do now mm-hmm. um in terms of like these these globalized audiences like understanding how we bring black children into this world and how we can, you know, build community within that, just that process alone. Um, you know, I'm talking about your sister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Cristiano Ricolo and uh, Black Birth Matters. But I think for me, my parents were very rigorous in exposing me to everything. Mm-hmm. Like my earliest memories of my parents were 
You know when someone um, tries to shelter a baby and, like, you don't look at that. Mm -hmm. I just remember, like, we were in a Mervyn's. I don't know what was happening. Like, something was happening and, like, someone, like, put hands over me and my mom was like, no, pull Mm -hmm. them hands away. This is real life. Mm -hmm. And I just, for some reason, remember that and it sticks out to me because... That is how I was raised, was just Mm. like, you will see everything and you will make your own decisions. You will definitely fuck up. Yeah. And I'm banking on it, right? (laughs) Because when you fuck up, you learn. Mm -hmm. And so for me, everything is more because of them, not so much a challenge, but more of like this pleasant opportunity to really learn, right? And expand. And so, you know, Patricia, my mother really just was such a, a phenomenal like caregiver and was very patient, I think, and compassionate, which taught me that I possess that, but I think it shows up in different ways than she would have imagined. And I yeah. think over the years, what I have learned is that like I had to lose my parents to become this person that I am now. And I think a lot of that was like basically boot camp, right? They were putting <laughs> me through this like, don't get attached. Learn that everything is temporary. You will come up against obstacles that are only just obstacles. You can, you know, be a badass bitch and move the boulder, or you can just be a smart-ass bitch and walk around the boulders. <laughs> so you have options, yeah. um, and you are armed <laughs> with tools and resources to thrive. And it also taught me, I remember, my mother used to make me balance a checkbook mm. at, like, 10. Hmm. When I pe- tell people that, they're like, what the fuck? Like, why? why? <laughs> no, but it makes so yeah. much more sense. Well, because then when I would ask for shit, I was like, oh, we don't have no money. <laughs> like, we don't. I saw where all the money went. I did basic math. I was like, this is how much is coming in. And I want this toy. And so, hmm. You can <laughs> like, say no to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so what yeah, I. It's wild that that's rare. Like, right. The fact that household. I was actually reading an article about it this week. It was a parent saying that, like, I get called lazy. And, like, being a lazy mom is a good thing, in quote, lazy. What that means is that I'm actually more rested, (laughs) more able to emotionally be there for my kids, more able to listen, Mm -hmm. because I've moved the responsibility of some household tasks beyond just, like, cleaning your room and stuff like that, but stuff like balancing checkbooks, paying bills, Mm -hmm. things that a 12-year-old is definitely capable of doing. There's no reason why they can't do that. But there are, especially around money, I think, a lot of kind of hangups of like this is an adult space and there's some vulnerability at least there was for me yeah like there was kind of different from what you described a very clear divide between like we handle the finances and you clean your room and that's the level of hierarchy that we have super patriarchal idea of like there's a head of the household oh yeah Yeah. no but i I love this idea of like if you if other people in the family right Mm. partner in handling Mm -hmm. these responsibilities then we can all be there for each other more absolutely i don't hear a lot of like parental child partnership like that's a great way to frame it. i think it happens oh, yeah. more if you're lucky when you become an adult right right and all of a sudden you can like that's not when we need it we were just living together <laughs> right <laughs> well, i think that that's it's so true we shit roommates. <laughs> that's why i think you know for me I w- i'm so fortunate and privileged to have had my mother for 13 years because again that i call it boot camp because mm-hmm. it really was like it was a crash course like she knew like yo I ain't going to be here forever. So, like, you need to get this lesson down and you better write it or you better store it in your memory Mm -hmm. bank. But, like, you need to understand that, like, this world is hella difficult. And, like, you know, this is pre-queerness. Oh, yeah, I'm queer. Um, (laughs) Just in case you didn't know. Um, In, you know, gender identity as well as politics. So get active. Um, (laughs) Catch me in these streets. 
I think my mother understood that like the life that you are going to choose to live is going to be incredibly difficult and mm-hmm. like it is every single day but like so yeah. you said when you said pre-queerness are you saying pre you expressing your queerness or pre society having that language I think both okay. right and um I've never come out right mm-hmm. I mean I come outside my house <laughs> occasionally when I want to fuck Look, with the world you got a promenade on <laughs> but, the boulevard you know what I'm saying <laughs> but no I got a little sun porch so I would just look down like hey I see you no, I'm good the oh, world your, bu- is- your boulevard did style with the sun porch <laughs> oh yeah it's a little it's like it's a green room I think mm-hmm. they call it yeah it's Liddy McGiddy in the city I'm telling you I'm out I'd be out I'd be in there out here <laughs> oh that's the dream yeah. if I can be in there and out here at the same time right. yeah. it's true that's what this podcast yeah, is that is what we are is. in here but and we're out, out there. there no it's I've... so, so I was just asking for clarification yeah. of were you saying that, that you and your mother did have some communication around your expression identity or it was just preparing you for the world I think that... it was preparing me for the world but like my again going back in my memory my mother and specifically my sister shout out to Chelsea love you um, shout out I think they knew of my queerness and like understanding that like and when I use queerness just for those yeah, out there, oh, we love uh, a communal uh, definition. Love a definition. <laughs> you see us sit up um, straight. Like. <laughs> you know, I'm I am using it as you know an alternative to you know heteronormative, you patriarchal ideals of what relationships mean and function and so however that shows up and presents itself in a person's identity when i use it in terms of identity that's that's how i'm functioning and then when i'm using it as in like my political vision and ideals of the world i'm thinking about the ways in which you're creating alternative universes and ecosystems and pathways to liberation that allow us to taste that Right. Mm -hmm. In the here and now, not like do the work and then like maybe someday get to it. It's like, ooh, mm, this is juicy. I want more, you know. And that wasn't showing up for me at, you know, 13. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. I do remember getting caught watching like Queer as Folk and then being like, okay, you want to watch dudes fucking? Let's just watch it together, you know. (laughs) And like not ever having this like censorship, which is why now I think I navigate this world of like, what is even censored? Like, mm-hmm. and I, why are we censoring anything? And I think that has a lot to contribute bringing it back to my, you know, sobriety and practice is like mm-hmm. in practice, right? I am practicing this thing that will certainly evolve and take new shapes and, and climb ultimate heights, ideally. But it's rooted in my pleasure. It's mm-hmm. rooted in like, you know, feeling desire. good. Yeah. And my desire spectrum changes. You right. know, I was just talking to this fuck nigga the other day who was like what you mean you don't like penetrative sex i'm like how what like that what do you mean like how do you (laughs) i said what i said like and like having to explain desire spectrum was like a great teachable moment where it's like things can exist in this like nebulous space right and you can take little pieces right and bring them closer to you or you can be like you know what keep floating Mm. Right. Keep floating. Mm-hmm. And um, they were like, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> I know. That's such a, it's such a um, just bare minimum response yeah. when someone expands your consciousness and just be like, wow, that's crazy. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm so intrigued to learn that like the fuck nigga voice works around the spectrum. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's true. It's so true. I'm actually they're, they're, on wow, a, they're crazy. I'm on a fuck nigga diet. Um, mm. You know, I'm, re- I'm really not a fast. To- 
just a, a diet serving. You know, it's really hard. <laughs> Intermittent. <you know? laughs> I um, exclusively, you know, engage with black folk intimately um, in my dynamics and relationships. And so one thing that I have learned is that I am constantly doing the work to to unlearn, you know, all of these isms that have been placed on me, Mm -hmm. right? Specifically, like, you know, homophobia that is internalized and racism that is internalized. And so when I am with these folks, these acts that we create in whatever form of intimacy that they show up is revolutionary and Mm -hmm. it is a radical act. And so I don't take that lightly, right? And I know even like my intimate world is politicized, Mm -hmm. like everything, everything. And so I think the way that that has showed up for me is also the way that I interact with like my communities and also my work and my practice. Like for so long I lived and existed in this world where things were compartmentalized where it was Mm. like, this is here and this is there. And I'm like, I can't do that anymore. Like I am a full ass being human. Some days, (laughs) most days I'm an alien. Some I'm a dragon, you know, but they're all being, they're all being (laughs) right. And some days, you know, you may catch me in a unicorn, you know, Mm. I mean like be out here. Uh, (laughs) Um, And so I realized that because I am this complex being that like all of these things kind of have to be in conversation with one another in order to work and Mm -hmm. for me to work Mm -hmm. and be present. And Mm -hmm. that is something that I'm constantly developing and creating, I think, language around, not so much that I can communicate, but that I can like send, you know, these frequencies out like a telepathic vibes only, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. you feel me, you Mm -hmm. see I'm up in here, you Mm -hmm. can't see right now, I'm leveling up. (laughs) This is my level up dance. Okay. Level up dance. (laughs) This is like, okay. (laughs) So uh, that full, like, I need to exist fully in all, like all of this needs to be in conversation with itself, all the different parts of me, or that's still kind of compartmentalized. Every point on the circle that is me uh, needs to be connected and things need to be kind of like orbiting in that way. Relationships between parts and the whole. There is a version of that mindset that I think can lead to a lot of pressure of like, that means that I can't let any point on the circle drop, right? Or I can't have a moment where I don't. um, I could just imagine that creating a lot of pressure to put on yourself. Does that for you? the world that we live in is just filled with pressure. And so what I do is try to silence that and think about the ways in which I can function, you know, and be the most effective person in this world, right? I'm taking that out of this capitalistic mindset in terms of production. Like, mm-hmm. what can I do with OTV to make me so, myself more this? What can I do with reunion to make myself more that? What can I do with people who care to do this? How can I, it's like, More so, like, how can I fall deeper into myself so that whenever I make a decision, I'm making it fully for the people that I understand inside of myself, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where the Elijahs come into place. The squad of Elijahs. Right, where I'm like, okay, so I'm looking to the left, and Elijah over here is, like, not really feeling it. (laughs) And then I'm looking to the right, and, like, kind of okay with it but not okay so the general consensus yeah. is that we're not really feeling it <laughs> so behind me is not right. even paying attention <laughs> exactly logic behind me is not <laughs> even distracted. paying attention right 
looking at some fuck nigga, you know. Um, and then the front, Elijah is like, okay, so we've come to a general consensus that we won't be doing it. And I think I like that Elijah in the front is administering. <laughs> yes, definitely. Like Elijah in the, the front is definitely the steering the ship. She is on the spaceship. She's like got the coordinates. She's like do 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 do. She's the executive yeah. director of Elijah. Yeah, would y'all shut up back there? <laughs> right, would y'all shut up back there? Y'all playing games. Um, it's a negotiation. Mm-hmm. It's a constant conversation mm-hmm. that I'm having with myself. Another friend, actually my my cool mom, Mr. Wallace. Mm, shout out um, mom. Yeah, she always tells me, you know, don't be too fab, right? Don't be too extra, right? And not too extra in terms of the sense for the world, but like for myself, right? Mm. Don't get in front of myself. Don't feel that like I need to have these rules Mm. around my life and how I govern them. Can you recall any specific experiences or reasons why you needed that advice? Times where you were too fab or too extra within yourself? Yeah, I think like I have high expectations for the world that I live in Mm -hmm. in terms of like what I think my purpose is right and so I think my purpose is just to remind people that they're extraordinary Mm -hmm. right by mobilizing ideas right Mm -hmm. so like Mm -hmm. if you're a person and you got an idea I'm like you're extraordinary it's your idea you should (laughs) probably do it like and oh that's beautiful when that expectation is not met in terms of just like you not mm-hmm. receiving your extraordinary power, I'm not leaving. I'm like... <laughs> For those at home, no, there was no, a, no. a hard side move there. <laughs> that move has a name. I don't know the name of it, but that was a that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a distinct move. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's called a swerve. Okay. Yeah. A swer- I'm swerving. You swerved. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I don't think that I have this, like, authority to mandate that right so i'm not saying like you need to be extraordinary right now but i think that there are moments and times where i'm just like no no it's fine like we're just gonna keep moving like Mm -hmm. we're gonna be fab and it's like okay no but like actually (laughs) Mm -hmm. step down for a second and Mm -hmm. look at and evaluate the situation and so that is something that i've had to you know learn to understand and manifest yeah because like you can be fab but everything might not be fab right right like That's sometimes there's like a a trail of non-fabness tea. behind you tea <laughs> still are responsible for for cleaning Slurp. up yep. i am slurping the tea that is me slurping the tea and it's, it's very true and um it's funny we were talking before we started recording i'm sorry to cut you off oh, no, about the work that we don't want to be doing anymore oh my gosh yes. and my mind i'm like i'm working towards a not having to set up chairs in my future <laughs> <laughs> i've set up a lot of chairs that's just the goal and yours was similarly like you have mopped the floor at reunion so many times and you're at a point where you're just not going to mop the floor i refuse i'll do anything characteristically not a fab activity it is not a fab activity and it also is just one of the most laborious three thousand square foot you have to do like three buckets of water it's just so many things i just no that resonates that's 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 a real connection the breather room mop up like that floor existentially dirty (laughs) (laughs) so i would need a soapy bucket i would need just a a only water bucket and then an empty bucket right two mops right try to even make it a dent (laughs) i i have also said it would be dirty then. It would be <laughs> right. No. Or, so, or the team, or the, the community team, yes, will come through. Will come together, but... Exactly. And manifest a clean floor. <laughs> but for me, yeah, I you. will not be mopping. <laughs> so to that point, in, in the work that you're doing now, are there um within their different spheres equivalents of mopping the floor that you've been in positions that you had to do for a long time that now in kind of these new positions that you've stepped into and 
congrats yeah. on stepping into this role with Open TV, yes. and it's very exciting Thank just you. from the outside to see you stepping into that into that spot. Are there proverbial floor mops that you're avoiding? Yes. Oh my goodness, that's such a good question. I think so. Thank you mm-hmm. for the congratulations, and um, I'm really excited. Black Femme leadership for the win. Um, for those who don't know, correct me if I'm wrong. You yes. just stepped into the as ED, right? Of, I did of uh, Open TV. Open TV, Open Television. For those of you who don't know, we are an intersectional web-based platform. Based out of here in Chicago, <laughs> arguably creating some of the best work in the world. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I have stepped into this role. I have also stepped into the role of development director for Reunion Chicago, mm-hmm. which is a project incubator and sliding scale venue that is prioritized for uh, LGBTQ plus folk and communities of color. And I think within both of these roles, what I have learned is that I have a, an, a huge opportunity, right? I love creating possibility models, and I think leadership is ordained, right? It is not something that you can wake up and be like, I'm a leader, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. like you need to be, it's like a... And a I've heard that about healing as well. Absolutely. Calling yourself a healer is one of the wackest things. No. That's how, they, that's how the real healers know. Fuck that. <laughs> right. I'm like, get them out the page. Right. Your, right. your community has to name you or somebody who is. That's what they said about like, yeah, like a shaman. It's like anyone Absolutely. who calls himself a shaman, you don't want to listen to. And like to be completely honest, like there are many days where I just want to like run away from this because I'm like, why am I so good at this? And like, why, <laughs> why do I like have this role and this responsibility and then I realize that again privilege honor there are a lot of different things working beyond me to get me to this place I then you know meditate and I'm like it's fine (laughs) but what I think I'm learning and I you know I got to shout out Camila Rashid who who gave me that leadership was ordained because you know you my sister in Slage and I love you the best friend tour a girl could ask. Ooh, I love that portmanteau. <laughs> yes. A friend know, tour? A friend tour. You know what I'm saying? I, be, I have Beautiful. so many friend tours. I have Beautiful. so many. Every, can, every one of them. Oh, we, we, we can't can put more ex- irons in the fire. Can someone right. explain that to me? I, I'm, I'm a friend mentor. Oh. A friend tour. It's like a centaur. Wow. Yeah, right. <laughs> wow, I'm glad I asked. I hope, I hope someone else needed that clarification. Right. Wow. So, so I think yeah, for me, whoa. like, it's, <laughs> <laughs> what I'm learning in these roles is that I have the opportunity to completely, to be honest, just fuck shit up, right? Like, I don't mm. have to follow any rules and I don't have to do anything that I don't want to. That is a mandate, right, for my teams as well. Like, I don't right. want you to feel like you're in a machine and you're just this cog, right? Yeah. I want us to to get free together and the only way we're going to be able to do that is by queening up you mm-hmm. know like okay mm-hmm. what you want to do what's your plan to get there what you need help with right these are the questions that i'm asking versus like yeah so this is how it's been done before and so mm-hmm. we're just going to do that again right and i think so far it's being met with you know a lot of love and compassion i'm uh thankfully just received a generous grant from the Field mm-hmm. Foundation, which we mm-hmm. are both in the same Look at cohort. That. Bang, bang. Congratulations. Right back to you. So I exciting. Know. I'm super excited, um, you know, to continue this journey with reunion and building out uh, space for folks to, to get free and liberate themselves. And then alternatively with OTV, we just received many, many grants. Um, I'm not even going to uh, uh, list them all, but thank you for all of the institutions who continue to support us because y'all know that y'all should have been doing this a really long time ago, but I'm happy that you decided to do it now. Um, 
don't get mad at me for saying that, Amar. Um, <laughs> I think for me right now in this space, what I want to do is focus less on these titles and this, these roles and these responsibilities and really get to the heart and the nucleus of like, what brings me joy? That's why I do this, right? I'm not right. doing this because it's like, I feel like I have to do it for the community. Like the community is a, yeah, right. a part of that. <laughs> right. But I think the way that you really transform the world is through yourself. So like, of mm-hmm. course, I'm not about to be doing no fuck shit that I don't mm-hmm. want to do. And like, mm-hmm. I don't care if that brings dis-ease to you mm-hmm. because right now it's bringing me pleasure. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to take my pleasure away, then now we got to have a whole other conversation, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I think explaining that to my team is an unlearning. They're like, wait, I can do anything? I'm like, yeah, didn't you hear Beyonce say that? It was like a whole song. <laughs> like, I can do anything. Yeah, like, yeah, you can do anything and not on some like, I have a dream, you know, tea, but like really, if you had the power an authority to govern your life the mm-hmm. way that you thought it should be, mm-hmm. what would it look like? Our, yeah. our notions of possibility have been colonized. Well, right. yeah, so many people yeah. don't even have an answer. Myself included, don't really have an answer to that question that feels personal, right? There's all kinds of answers that you feel like you're supposed to say, mm-hmm. but uh, actually being able to answer that question for yourself, let alone uh, like share it with someone, right. is a really uh, feels very vulnerable. What are the limits to that approach of right? That's you know, when too. when there is organizational responsibility mm-hmm. of of centering your personal joy, mm-hmm. everything has to be done with some type of balance. So, how, how, where is the balance in, in that approach? Everything does have to be done with some type of balance, and I think for me, I'm in constant communication with my team and my community, and so thankfully, you know, because of the way that I have made myself accessible, my community will let me know what they need Mm -hmm. and then I will let them know what I need. And Ah, so... Communication. Communication (laughs) is key, you know. Ah. (laughs) That was it. That's really it. That's really it. That's a satisfactory answer. (laughs) Right. I'm like, and it's really no big scheme, right? It's like, (laughs) I'm literally just like talking to people like, okay, so you need this. I need that. We can either meet in the middle or we can go our separate ways, right? right? But like, there's really not a lot of different ways to spin this formula, (laughs) right? It's like... It really is very simple. And I think what I'm really stepping into when we were talking about my executive cuntness um, (laughs) is not leading with force. That's a very different title for the record. Yeah. Executive director is so boring. Like all of my team has amazing titles, like head of community and head of exhibition and activation officer and like community. I'm like, why do I have to be the ED? (laughs) But I guess it's because of institutions and shit and money and they need to understand that someone's actually leaning the shit. I get it. Internally, you could just (laughs) refer to yourself as the boss bitch, which seems up your line. I am very much a boss bitch, but I feel like I no, I want all of us to be boss bitches. That's the thing. It's like I don't want to be the only boss bitch. That's hella responsibility. I was actually just talking to some of my colleagues and I'm like, you know, I don't want to be underwhelmed by your general lack of slayage, right? Like I want my court to be a room full of bad bitches. Period. Right. And like whatever we need to do to get you there, we're here. No bad bitch left behind. Okay. This is this is professional development at this point. This is professional development. You know, part of your job requirement. I'm sorry. This is yes, you like no, I literally that's actually people are like, am I qualified? I'm like, are you a bad bitch? (laughs) Like, I don't know. Did you go to the school of bad bitchery? Because if you did not, then 
I do not know if I have a job for you. You have an MBBA. <laughs> right. It's true. And like, I think if I can navigate and be an example and set that possibility, then like the balance will come into play. Like I don't spend a lot of time focusing in on the plan and how we're going to get there. I like setting the goal. I'm mm-hmm. like, so that's where we're trying to go. Whatever we got to do to get there, we're going to do it. And people are like, yeah, but we have to do, 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 do. I'm like, yeah. And so, and they're like, yeah, right. So, and I'm like, yeah, so we doing it. And they're like, yeah, let's ride. You know, it's like, and that to me makes that, remember that like in the pit of my stomach mm-hmm, and the, the eruption, the erupt just into the yes. lungs and then out. Yes. And then just like, that's, that's how we get there. And yeah. then people are happy and then I'm happy. <laughs> All right. I, I have a plan proposal for, mm-hmm. for how, where we can go. All right. Is everybody with us? Right. I'm, I'm with this you. This is fun. This is so much I fun. Agree. Yeah. I, I agree. Y'all are brilliant. So I can't Thank believe you. that we both got this grant. Well, oh, I can't. That's really fun. Yeah, yeah that's good. <laughs> that, is, that is really fun. Yeah. I want to first pull mm-hmm. this privilege pin. Ooh. And then I want to make sure that we document, for those who are not familiar, like some of the work of OTV reunion and prep, just to mm-hmm. make sure that we get some of that for the archive and people for folks. Care. So privilege pin. Privilege pin. You, you have you have evoked the notion of privilege a lot in this conversation. Mm-hmm. I think really healthy ways, and so I want to first just offer how I understand the concept of privilege. It is being provided exclusive benefits or being protected from common harms. Right. So if you are getting something that most cannot get, that is a privilege. If you are not receiving an injury that many do, that is also a privilege. And like the relation and mm-hmm. combination of those things mm-hmm. is how I understand it. Um, and I think as we started getting intersectional in our little mm-hmm. society and we started getting a little bit more radical, um, we kind of flattened the idea of the most marginalized or the least privileged intersection mm-hmm. of the world is blackness intersected with queerness intersected mm-hmm. with femininity. Mm-hmm. And you are fabulously living at that intersection. Right? Uh, That's and, me. <laughs> and you have been invoking a privilege in that space. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah. Which complicates how we understand. language, Right. And so I think you've done a good job of kind of explaining or, you know, you have a lot of titles with these and them, mm-hmm. you know, director of this, executive mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. Right. So that makes sense. But just go a little bit deeper of how you see privilege how you see it working for you and what responsibility and or intentionality do you have in maneuvering with it right i think you bring up some really great great notions specifically like how i operate which is through this radical black queer feminist lens where it is imperative to liberate black women black trans people and black non-binary people we are magic we are the reason why everything literally (laughs) period like i and honestly like do you think that that's like some low-hanging fruit like that shit's heavy (laughs) like imagine just having to be the badass bitch forever you know culture (laughs) right you know and being of a cohort that is constantly doing that just by breathing you know taking collective breaths to understand like you know, our power and like how we show up in space and have the capacity to to hold, right? And so for me, the way privilege has showed up is it's constantly being, I think, equated to like whiteness, right? It's like white, white privilege. And I'm like, that yes and right. <laughs> don't don't get it twisted. But what I you just yes oh. ended white privilege. Yes, I'm like yes, and there is another piece of that because you know there are a lot of that's actually know, what's happening at Second City every week, right? They're yes, ending, they're white, yes privilege. ending white privilege, and I think like you know like I think I go up shout to out my, to Peter Butter Jelly Time. Hey, a great, 
cohort of yes. PLC. Yes, and truly a great song. Yeah, yeah. It is, I know. Oh my gosh, we'll such put a good that song. in the outro. Yeah. Oh my God, I would <laughs> yeah. love that. Shout out to Terrence and Matt uh, Thomas as second sure. right Oh, I love shout outs. I'm actually going to shout out um, Kristen Kaza, who also of has course. a hello white privilege and like <laughs> yeah. is, a, is a business partner of mine. And like, it's what you're doing with this white privilege. And we talk about this a lot from the perspective of like, we're friends because she's constantly working, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. to dismantle all of the the things that continue to keep me from accessing my liberation, mm-hmm. right? That's the same. It doesn't change because I'm a black, queer, non-binary, fabulous biatch, okay? Mm-hmm. No, it's literally the same, right? What do you I, mean by this? You mean that you are doing that? In I am doing that for everyone. right. In my community, right? right? And so <laughs> there's no, like, leveling up in that. It's right. not like a, oh, you have more privilege, so you need to do more work, or you have less privilege, and you need to do less work. It's like you need to do whatever work that you think you need yeah. to do. Right. And everyone in some capacity has some level of privilege that they can access, right? And it doesn't have to be the ways in which we think about privilege, right? right. We think about capital and money, right? You know, having an able body, right? Having your your vision, having, you know, the ability to speak, right? Mm-hmm. These are all acts of privilege. And they, like you said, allow you some level of protection. Mm-hmm. And let me be very, very clear. I have earned right. every single thing. And, and, that's, <laughs> and that's usually the distinction between earned and unearned. Right. right. You know, like I have, I have done work, honey, like, and it is... And has been exhausting, and it is now reaching a point where it is less exhausting. And I think a lot of that has to do because I'm, again, falling into myself and understanding mm-hmm. that I have mm-hmm. boundaries and that I have this light that does get dim, you know? Right. Like, it does. You, sometimes I got to recharge it. Um, You're a rechargeable battery. I'm a rechargeable. Yes, I'm just like solar energizing. Exactly, <laughs> solar power. That energy, you know, from yeah. the light, the source. <laughs> but when I think about the privilege that I hold and the privilege that I have earned, a lot of that has come through, you know, being able to go to a prestigious art institution, being able to get a great education, being able to have amazing women who are, you know, leaders as my mentors, you know, having access to unlocking ability to dream, right? <laughs> this is, that's a privilege. And and I don't take that that lightly. And anyone who is in community with me knows that that's why I do the work that I do. And that's why I love it, right? It's because I'm like, I could just be sitting down. <laughs> I could. But I don't want to. I'm like, no, let's right. let's get active, you know, let's let's build something because my body is here to be of use and of service. Like this is not by some design, right? This is intentional. Yeah, I'm 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 curious about how you grew into that that understanding. I'm I'm imagining I'm hearing a lot Mm -hmm. of the narrative you told about your mother and like Mm -hmm. pulling the eyes off and like the partnership and responsibility feels like you might have just like organically came into that realization. But I could also see it being hard to kind of recognize because you are living in the world Mm -hmm. and, you know, we've had a very joyful conversation, but I know that you've had to have had struggle or had to have been, you know, experienced the harms that come Absolutely. Uh, so when was there a point or a season or like a time where you started to recognize and find that power in the privilege you were able to access or did it just kind of like flow in for you? I th- began both and. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, Available I, on the Ergo store. <laughs> right. Uh, ooh, like a both and pill. Like yeah, it's like ooh, a vitamin. Ooh. Like you just <laughs> to level up. I love that. 
I want 10%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah we could just start selling placebos. Right. <laughs> Which, <laughs> this is your both and pill. Can we put a placebo <laughs> pin? I have a placebo <laughs> Okay. okay. <laughs> um, for me, I have been dealt the cards that I've been dealt. And a lot of that is rooted in immense amount of trauma. Specifically, you know, I remember some of my earliest thoughts of and an, an understanding of like, how the world works is when, you know, you know, living in the hood and like running underneath the bed when like, you know, gunshots were outside. Like I remember that to this day. And that is that is a part of me. Right. I have not escaped that. But like I have found the joy in those moments of understanding protection. Right. I'm hmm. preventing someone taking something from me. Right. Mm. And that being the most valuable thing that I have to offer, which is my life, <laughs> my full right. ass life. <laughs> and so, you know, when I think about this question, it's hard for me to delineate a specific time or moment or action because I think that, you know, each moment and breath that I take is a series of moments and breaths that my ancestors have taken to get me here. And so it's one of those dreams that I have is to to have everyone feel this, right? Like, I'm like I want everybody to feel this way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I want everyone to unlock this feeling of, being powerful and not powerful in terms of like just strength and force, but powerful as in like you can charge yourself, right? You have everything that you need in terms of tools and resources inside of you, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't need to come from these external sources. And once you gain that that power inside of you, which is work, it is a lot of yeah. work and it, is ne- it never stops, right? Mm-hmm is when you can start to look outward in the world and be like, okay, so how am I utilizing these systems that are in place that I want to potentially dismantle to work for me and my community? And Mm -hmm. I think that that is where my conflictions come into play when I think about my privilege because, you know, I am working with a lot of institutions and they are incredibly exhausting and they are utilizing me in ways in which, like, yes, I do have control over, Hmm. but... I'm realizing that I'm putting my body on the line so mm-hmm. that they understand that they can't do this, right? Mm-hmm. They can't treat people a specific type of way or they can't navigate a particular community because that's just what they want for the optics. And that that is hard. What gets me through that is realizing that, like, all of the trauma that I've had to endure from, you know, um, coming from a, a low-income neighborhood and, like, understanding, like, Uh, socioeconomic structures that are at play, you know, being a survivor of multiple sexual assaults, um, losing my parents at a very young age. All of these things have contributed to the person that I know, right? Mm -hmm. Like they are of me, Mm -hmm. you know, I am not defined by those experiences. But it's but also they, not about overcoming and discarding them. No, right? I'm not. I'm like, they're with me every single day. I put them on just like I put my mascara on, you know? Is that how new Elijahs are birthed? That is how new Elijahs are birthed, so yes. there may be more to come. There, exactly. And that's why <laughs> yeah. I love that you 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 see that there's one to the left yeah. and the right, and, you know, in the front and the back. Uh-huh. There could be one above, yeah, right? Yeah. I'm like, one below. You know, they're <laughs> anywhere. It's a diagonally. Um, <laughs> diagonal Elijah. A diagonal Elijah, you know? And like, there... That's the coy one. That's the coy, right. <laughs> we do need balance. <laughs> we do need balance. I'm waiting for that one. I'm she like, just girl... She's kind of like sidled up. Uh-huh. She's a little, she's a little shy. <laughs> she's like... 
<laughs> but that's that's how I I navigate it and understand it to be. And it is, you know, don't get me wrong. There are definitely tough days, and I and I try to share those. Right, yeah. I try to make people aware that like it's okay to feel alone in in this because oftentimes that may be true and also you have multiple versions of yourself right Mm -hmm. that you can unlock and tap into so are you ever really truly alone Mm. and that's where that power comes from I was about to sing a problematic song. Uh oh. Not have to tell people because it happened. Uh, you are not alone. Oh. You know, R. Kelly wrote that song for Michael Jackson. I know. I it is a problematic that. song. Yeah, it but it a, also is very true. You are not a, alone. Yeah, it was a song he was writing to a woman he was like abusing and like Ugh. locking alone. And then he sold it to Michael Jackson, who was also Michael Jackson. Okay, I think Elijah, Koi Elijah was just born from that tramatic experience <laughs> yeah, and journey. That's like, damn, that was such like a, a beautiful song. <laughs> I know. Yeah. All right. But the, 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 the <laughs> more important point is what you were saying, which is, is beautiful. I, I'm thinking about what you said about like being the person in the room in these institutions say, to, to then push them to know that they can't do this mm-hmm. anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah do you ever worry that they're not going to get the message or that they'll just be like, well, like, do you worry that you're being used? And how do you make sense of that? Well, we're all using each other. Right. Right. So there is always just because of this, you know, we're all attempting to survive capitalism, not even surviving, just attempting to navigate this really fucked up landscape. And specifically from like a, a black context, like this whole shit was built off of our backs. Right. So like we, the collective black we have a lot of work, even more work. We're like, damn, we got to keep working yeah. to get people to understand that because they somehow have slipped their minds. I don't know how. And so for me, I don't ever really worry about that because, like, I'm using them. Right. At least it's a shared transaction. We're both sides. Well, I believe in, in reciprocity and mm-hmm. the, whichever ways that they show up. So for me, it, I'm coming in in a G-string with my gun Actually, I don't have a gun. I don't like guns. But I'm coming in with, like, a water balloon. A wand. A wand. I like water balloon, actually, because I want to get them wet. I want them to feel it. You know, like, if I wave this wand, you may not feel it. You're like, what the hell? This isn't magical. magical. (laughs) Right. No, this is some full up. I imagined a wand that could also cast water on. Ooh, I like that. Okay, that's that 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 wand. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can I have a wand that casts? Water balloons. You can yes. have whatever you. Okay, that's what so I'm I'll, walking I'll into. Whatever you like. Could have some fire. Could have some wind coming out of it. Right. Can do it all. I, and I'm a gangster. You know, yeah, I'm yeah. like I'm walking in the front door, no back door shit. And I'm like, all right, so my woody's outside. They say they need this. They have wands as well. They have wands. As, they do. <laughs> and they got what we strapped up. You gonna be wet today if you don't act right. <laughs> And not the kind of good way. Ow. And it's cold outside. Okay, and it's cold outside. You know we live in so, Chicago. So it's windy. Luck. It is so, a very particular type of pole. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. What small pole. Right. And like, I want to understand, like, look me in my eye and make sure that we are on the same page. And I think I have built through this access and through, I think, honestly, my ethics and mm. value systems mm. That, like, I am not one to be fucked with, right? Yeah. Like, institutions aren't going to... They don't want me on their bad side, right? Right. Because one call... That's me calling. I'm mm-hmm. dialing. Mm-hmm. Girl, we got a circle around the block. They ain't acting right. Yeah. No, no, no. Don't report it yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait. Let's see if they want to act right. Let's mm-hmm. give them another chance. Oh, nope. Tell the girls. Yeah. They don't want to act right. And I don't, And whatever happens beyond that, right, is 
within our community agreements. And that's how I navigate those spaces is like making sure that like this is a mandate, right? This is how right. we are going to it's conduct. It's not just you walking in the room too. Right. It's your people and also your expectations and guidelines for how to be in community and in the world. Absolutely. And how you're going to treat us and how you won't. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. That has been something that, to be completely honest, has been the highlight of my career is mm-hmm. being able to manifest mm-hmm. equity. Manifest yeah. equity. I love that. And also be in spaces where I'm not just advocating for the change. I'm like feeling it. Right. Yeah. And I'm seeing it and I'm mm-hmm. tasting it. And I'm like, oh, like this is what our ancestors were, you know, talking about right and and hoping to achieve right like this has never existed in this room before and now it does and now it does and like me being one little small drop in this water i'm lit with that like i'm i can go home and go to sleep Hmm. that's beautiful that is beautiful placebo pen are we going to go to the we can discard the placebo pen it's just a thing i heard on a podcast so just go listen to a different podcast (laughs) if you want or just listen to this one i'll I'll tell tell you on a i'll tell you the placebo thing on another one okay cool um so yeah just you know for the last few minutes kind Mm -hmm. of like the landscape of the work that is exciting you right now and i want to make sure that i have a full like purview of the work that you do i think the first stuff i've i've seen you do is connected to prep yes which i don't think enough people know about and and i think the imprint of that has been citywide and Mm -hmm. so i want to make a little space for that Mm -hmm. we've referenced reunion Mm -hmm. i don't know that everybody knows what that is Mm -hmm. and i think people kind of get a sense of the otv but yeah, I, I'm, and I'm then what are you, the uh, and what are the other worlds? Yeah, also? if there's anything that's added to that plate of yours, but yeah, you know, I love I've that seen, you say you plate. <laughs> I've seen you direct on set. I've seen you put a room together. Yes, I've, I've seen a lot. Seen I, on camera. Yeah, you know, as my mother says, uh, "Darling, sheer." I am a Renaissance person. That's how she describes <laughs> me. I have some. Com- You're a what? A Renaissance person. <laughs> Um, a breathlessly running <laughs> right renaissance person she like always whispers it and I like it's always was she like running stairs when she said <laughs> no it? it's great it's funny because she's like a movement artist and yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and you know choreographer she's incredible we and, gotta have her on the yeah, show yeah absolutely amazing. you have all my parents on the show um <laughs> And always introduces, you know, herself as that, right? Mm. And a lot of my friends are like TJs and musicians, and they they have these specific practices. And every time they come to me, they're like, well, that bitch does everything. So, like, (laughs) we can't say that, so we'll just say she's a renaissance person. And I always feel some, like, slight shade, because I'm like, what does that even mean? (laughs) And also, the term renaissance, it's just, yes. So, again, conflicted about everything. And also to answer your question, it was cracking in the Renaissance. Though. <laughs> it was crack. It was. I mean, for that, for parts it, of the Renaissance were Liddy yeah. McGiddy in the city. <laughs> yes, in Florence. Florence was the city. <laughs> <laughs> so the way that I describe my work is through my practice. Right, I have a practice that I have cultivated that, like in my head, anyone can do, but no one can do it like me because it's my practice. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm not anything special. You know, I'm not anything magnificent. You're but extraordinary. I'm extraordinary. My mind is extraordinary. And the way that I am able to mobilize ideas is phenomenal, right? And I have that power and I unlock it and I don't wait for anyone to tell me. So that's on period. Um, And in addition to that, I have always been a very entrepreneurial person. I come from a long line of entrepreneurs and, and, you know, self-starters and self-made folks. My grandparents, you know, they owned and operated business. Uh, What was uh, the business? It was a a barbecue restaurant for 16 years. Yeah. In what city? 
Uh, this was in Pittsburgh, California. Mm. I know Bay Area. Yeah, okay. Is yeah. that your is that your roots, Bay Area? I'm originally from the Bay Area. Yeah, okay. I was born in Oakland. I'm a real, real Bay Area kid. I've lived all over the Bay. You're Current. earnest, like people from the Bay. Yeah, that's <laughs> kind of us. Earnest. We don't really care about much. We're like, girl, we had the ocean and the mountains and the woods. Like, we yeah. are good. It's not a lot of, like, <laughs> ironic people yeah. from the Bay. Right. It doesn't get cold, but it doesn't get too hot. Right. Like, we're chilling, girl. Mad chill. That's why when girls are acting out, we're like, what's up, sis? Like, come in. Let's cook yeah. you something. You need some food and some water. <laughs> At the barbecue restaurant. At the barbecue restaurant, right. But I come from this really long line. My, my mom and my, you know, my sister and my dad and, like, just so many people in my life have had their own passions that they've turned into you know sustainable Mm -hmm. ecosystems i don't like the word businesses because like it just sounds super capitalistic i was like being kind of business Uh, (laughs) i'm a businesswoman that's Uh, the voice of capitalism that's the voice of capitalism doesn't she sound like a bitch (laughs) last week we had the voice of like mainstream internet which was uh danielle roper brought a voice that's not Uh, that far off okay so i I love it mainstream internet is hyper capitalist right we're cultivating a, a set of characters as well. I, I like love this. it. Oh my goodness! I hope it contributes to your web series. That would be a hope great, to be what a, a part great of. sketch! Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm I'm all my of these in. things personified. There is a pin. That's a pin. <laughs> I'm auditioning. This is my audition tape right now. I'm gonna. That's I'm, funny. I was auditioning for you. Great. This is awesome. <laughs> so when I describe my practice, I, you know, start at my mind. I don't really like titles, but I think they are really important when defining the actions in which mm-hmm. I'm a part of. So when people say, like, what do you do? I'm like, I mobilize ideas. Like, that's what I do. And people are like, oh, I kind of get that. I have no idea what that means. But, like, I understand that sentence. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and what that looks like is through strategy work. So I identify as a strategist. I like to connect dots. I like to, you know, build and dream and manifest, you know, alternative realities um, with some type of analytical, you know, framework. Mm. And how that has manifested is into a uh, consultancy practice where I have worked and had the privilege of, you know, being in community to develop, you know, internationally recognized campaigns such as Prep for Love. Um, And that kind of hub started through People Who Care, which is my consultancy that is still Mm. active. And it is really, in the millennial context, it is me and an army of just badass black queer people that run up on these institutions and be like, give us all the money and don't Mm -hmm. ask us any questions. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it has manifested. You know, we have great clients like, you know, the AIDS Foundation, you know, Howard Brown, CDC. I've worked with, you know, all the people that you can think of in the city and even beyond. And through that have been able to cultivate passion projects. And because of this privilege that I have access to have been able to build spaces like Reunion Chicago and OTV. And it's been something that I've tried to understand how they work. Like, I'm like, wait, this, I'm doing so many things. But Mm -hmm. to me, it's not. It's just an ecosystem. Like, Mm -hmm. this is my universe that I've, you know, built for myself in community with other people. And so People Who Care, I serve as the creative director. We do, you know, rebranding. Um, and we do campaigns and specialize specifically in 
consulting with grassroots initiatives and nonprofits throughout the city of mm-hmm. Chicago and beyond. Mm-hmm. And that is where Prep for Love yeah. um, has been developed. Can and you talk a little bit more about Yeah, that? absolutely. So Prep for Love is a internationally recognized campaign. <laughs> it is a breathlessly also internationally recognized. Award-winning, you know. <laughs> you know, we be winning things and stuff. Um, but no, it really is truly, one, I keep saying that, it's like one of the highlights of my career is a campaign that uses real models from around the city of Chicago to create awareness around PrEP, which is a pill taken once a day to prevent HIV and for negative folks to stay negative. And I think, um, you know, what is so revolutionary about the campaign and why it has been adapted into, you know, various different cities, you know, such as New York and, you know, L.A. and Paris is due to the fact that it was one of the first campaigns that highlighted intimacy and pleasure through a lens that wasn't hypersexualized in a way that felt like erotic forward, right? It mm-hmm. was like, oh, there's some sensuality here. And like, yeah, there's some bodies embracing, but they're not bent over backwards, mm-hmm. you know, um, selling also, sex. And they're also you know? not like in flannel shirts holding hands. <laughs> right. You know, they're both, both right. and, right? Right, right? And what I think is really important about that campaign was that, you know, from the beginning, I was very integral to the development of it not being a campaign just to get, you know, black and brown, specifically LGBTQ plus identified uh, men and trans women and cis um, heterosexual women, specifically black, you know, who have high prevalences of HIV to get on prep. Like, we're not just like, line up, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. What we wanted to do was make a splash and make it aware, right? Like, mm-hmm. this is an option that you have, in addition to all the other options that you have. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's sort of how my framework works in just life, is from a harm reduction. It's like, use everything that you can mm-hmm. to get where you need to go, mm-hmm. right? So that is the Prep for Love campaign, and I have, you know, been um, a steward of that and of service to that campaign for the last mm. coming up on four years in February. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. You know, I've seen live events. I've seen, you know, it was connected to the web series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a part of a music video. Oh, right. Oh, my gosh. You're, <laughs> right. You're in the, in the family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. One thing that amazes me is that it's not only just like in our little kind of maroon like communities that mm-hmm. we have in the city, mm-hmm. but it also is a public Mm-hmm. action also yeah and, and, and I, I see it every, i see it on the red line a lot mm-hmm. and so I, i'm curious because it is this bold expression of like queer sensuality or, or non-traditional mm-hmm. sensuality i did not expect society to be ready for that in public space mm-hmm. in the way that it is and so has there been struggle or backlash because i haven't seen all i've seen right. is like the love and just how powerful and how successful it is but right. i imagine there's had to have been some struggle or some some pushback or some some we're not playing that right absolutely now. i think within all my work there's pushback mm-hmm. because it, i operate from a very provocative lens i'm not interested in doing anything that's been done before i'm not interested in playing safe or maintaining status quo mm-hmm. i want to fuck shit up yeah you know and i want to fuck mm-hmm. shit up in a way where you feel it yeah. and you're like ooh, uh, and it was beautiful yeah or ow and like <laughs> yeah. you know Feel it so that we can have a conversation around it. And mm-hmm. so, you know... But you can't be a passive audience. It's member. not... No, we're not doing that. <laughs> we're, we're done with that. That's, that is canceled. That's the, one of the few things that I will cancel um, is apathy. You know, we're not, we're not yeah. doing that. And so, um, you know, the campaign has definitely been, been met with some various different concepts around what should and should not be seen. And, you know, I don't want to spend too much time on that. True. But 
I think that is operating from, again, a very policed and I think you use the word discipline, mm-hmm. um, understanding of how we should. Mm-hmm. And like that word even should, I'm like, what <laughs> right. does that even yeah, mean? Yeah, I, like, yeah. Anytime someone's like, you should, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, swerve. Swerve? I'm, you didn't say that to me. Let me let that go. <laughs> the let old should my, swerve. <laughs> right. I'm like, go. Let me just let you fall back on that. Prep for love. Back Elijah gets back hit in the Elijah. face with a no, <laughs> It's true. It's so true. And it's like, back it, Elijah's been going through it. Back Elijah's been going through it. Like, don't be putting that shit over here. <laughs> like that. Um, but like the way that it relates to sort of all of my other work is like, I moved to Chicago wanting to work on a multi-million dollar campaign that touched people and and behind a framework that allowed me to also showcase my talents. And that just happened to be the first one that I Mm -hmm. was able to work on. And, you know, it's one of the longest HIV prevention campaigns to be running. We've, like you said, we've done events, we have podcasts, we have, you know, talk shows. We just produced a a black gay game show with Lucy Stuhl at the Stony Island Arts Bank. You know, we have PSAs by a black gynecologist wrapping around, you know, sexual prevention. Like I'm about that life. And what, that has built for me is opportunity again going back to this privilege to be able to like activate all of these different skill sets so yes like I am an artist and I am a director and I am a writer and I am you know a painter if I want to be I can DJ I can do I can do these things because I don't put boundaries on my on on my capacities right mm-hmm. like in the worlds that I want to access and so the way that that has shown up is, through the development of like reunion and Mm -hmm. that space is integral to, you know, people who care, which is my consultancy as well as OTV. And so these things are talking to one another, you know, and not a lot of people can say that they have run a sliding scale venue prioritized for LGBTQ plus folk and communities of color as a pro bono concept for the past four years, mm-hmm. right? That's a privilege. I have mm-hmm. a privilege to have space, to have enough sustainability within my consultancy to be able to run this fully functioning concept, mm-hmm. right? And I love that. It is It's. It yeah. is of me, you know? Um, yeah, no, that space is so remarkable. I was, a uh, in a previous life, mm-hmm. a bit more of a hater. Um, <laughs> and never, never a, a reformed hater. A reformed hater. I wouldn't say I was a heavy hater. Okay, but... There, you know, so a lightweight I, hater. as a and in you know a, a limited understanding of like space and art washing and all this kinds of stuff. You know, I was living off North, uh, okay. and saw it was not when y'all opened, but I, it was when it you know in the earlier mm-hmm. stages. I, I didn't know kind of the whole framework behind it, and there were three or four galleries that had popped up, you know, mm-hmm. along that stretch around that mm-hmm. time. I think it's a it is an interesting tension between spaces that serve a very needed role and some of the unintended or somewhat unavoidable consequences of that, Mm -hmm. right? What was so eye-opening for me over the last few years, actually getting to have a hand in making a bunch of things that happened Mm -hmm. there. We did a bunch of hoodwazis that were mostly like, oh shit, we have a show in a week and we don't have a a space. (laughs) And knowing that y'all would be there and that you were a phone call away and that it would all run, the grace with which y'all moved through that and the openness that you had I was like, oh, this is something that when people say community, this is what they actually mean, mm-hmm. not a buzzword for a grant. Right. Right. It's not about creating community. It's about mm-hmm. supporting and contributing to it. 
And so seeing it in practice was so beautiful. I think it's not everyone should be doing what they do, right? Mm -hmm. But I think there are a lot of lessons for space makers and producers Mm -hmm. about uh, how to create space that is not just aesthetically open and welcoming the way it is, Mm -hmm. but in the process of how y'all do things. It creates room for people to be invited in, not just allowed in. So it's beautiful so thank, thank you, you for doing that and thank you for making it available all these all these times that we needed it and to all the people that you all made the it people. available too good gas thank I, you can I offer some gas yeah on, oh. on the tail of it yeah sure so <laughs> so um, you know as you were just talking about prep there was like a, a goosebump feeling mm-hmm. of I think recognizing the real power uh, of it because doing any type of campaign any type of like public mm-hmm. advocacy you know multi-million dollar budget multi-cities mm-hmm. that's always hard and a Absolutely. great feat and then to do it creatively is also amazing mm-hmm. but a little backstory um as somebody who became infatuated with the black radical tradition and black mm-hmm. liberation movements and, mm-hmm. and that you know history that spans through centuries right. i began asking the question myself of like it felt so romantic and at this high point and so powerful in the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. And then it seems to like fade away and, and, and go into the shadows and like has reemerged right. in a public way in the last five or so years. Uh, but as we've been doing the show, been asking our movement elders and leaders like what was going on mm-hmm. in that little gap, right? Mm-hmm. And so we asked Miriam Cobb of that. We mm-hmm. asked Barbara Ransby. We asked Kathy Cohen, maybe someone else. Uh, and from having a conversation, though, I got like three answers. One was like a, a global facing, like apartheid work and different liberation mm-hmm. struggles right. on the continent. Uh, two is like a, a defense mechanism or a response to like state repression, COINTEL, pro type slapdowns. Right. Uh, folks got incarcerated. A lot of folks then entered the academy mm-hmm. or entered nonprofit space or right. entered the Democratic Party and tried to like, you know, regroup. Mm-hmm. Um, and then third, was a lot of the work then had to focus on the HIV and AIDS epidemic. Right. And I realized that within my privilege or my ignorance, homophobia allowed us to erase and marginalize that part of the liberatory tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I heard you talk about like the ancestors, we are doing the work that they dream of. Mm-hmm. And so to think 20 or 30 years ago, when the epidemic hit the world right. and was unknown and so scary, and there was almost like a an acceptance of like, this is good this is god's right. will right um to hear you right now talk about that work and it in a creative artistic standpoint right like it is an important continuation of a black liberation tradition that right. is that has been a little bit erased i think now it's we're starting to like reconcile and build out and the epidemic is not over <laughs> right right and, but but that is my my guess is that i honor and appreciate the contribution to liberation that that work is it's really significant and really important and it's offering a solution so thank you i'm I'm very proud of you i receive that with immense gratitude i am again in a dream and (laughs) i'm I'm so thankful to be able to to do this work and to be of service in a way that is beyond like the optical illusion Mm -hmm, right of impact and Mm -hmm. really (laughs) really deeply entrenched Mm -hmm. in this liberatory framework and i think when I think about my projects and these these opportunities that I've had through OTV, right, which is media, right, and through Reunion, which is space, right, and through, you know, People Who Care, which is campaign-based, right, these are some of the main ways that people are interacting and sharing knowledge and resources. So everything that I do inside of those spaces inherently connected mm-hmm. right. right i am a myopity right but <laughs> on like uh some like anti-capitalistic like 
fuck that shit (laughs) and more on some like yes but it's like you 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 get a passion project you get to thrive the way you want to and you get to be trans and you get to be you know like that's how i see it and i think look look under your seat right whatever the fuck you want want. right exactly i really that's how i you get a wand and so i love that you say that about reunion because like that's what it is like and same thing with otv it's like oh you got a story to tell let's tell it you know and Moving into the future, I think I just want to keep more of that energy. I want to continue to stay hungry and ask the questions. If you ever sit in with a strategy meeting with me, I'm the girl who's just every question. And I never play devil's advocate because the advocate don't need no damn devil. But I'm always... And vice versa. The devil and vice versa. Right. I sit there and the I'm just like, but why? And how? Yeah. And when? Yeah. And who? And they're like, you know all these questions. I'm like, I'm just yeah. same. But yeah. do you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah wow. that's great. So you've given me a lot. Let's let's check out. But I think right. we... Do you want to do the, the game? game. Yeah, then game check then check out. So we have a brand new segment. This is the second time we're doing it. Ooh. Lady McGiddy in the city. Yes. So we did, we won't say this, we won't give the, the preamble every time. Yeah, yeah. But, but for the first hundred or so episodes, we played this game called Beef with an R&B Singer on the show. Okay. Um, and it was coming out of conversations around R. Kelly and Chris Brown. Mm. And it was also a way of, you know, Being kind of silly and- humorously moving conversations around consent and all that. Into and, the and because in R&B, you get away with your fuck shit, right? Like, yeah. hip hop, there is an accountability mechanism. It might not be the healthiest, right? But if you step out of bounds, you might get a diss. Someone's track. collecting. You might yeah. get some beef. R and B was R and B. You just shirtless out exactly. in the wind, untethered with the nice like, shirtless. Coup. So, yeah. so they uh-huh. ran amok, and we held them accountable. We did that work, and we were victorious. I would say, I would not say, champions. not exclusively. Not a, we, it was not us, <laughs> right? We, the collective. We celebrate that. We had our hand mm-hmm. for sure. So now we've expanded the game. Same concept, same spirit. We were trying beef to figure out who else is running. Who's run amok? And so our answer is the the 20th 20th century. Mm. All encompassing. Mm. People, events, Mm. places, historic, whatever. We are asking you, Elijah, to start beef with the 20th century and why. Wow. (laughs) Uh I love this question. (laughs) My first instinct goes to social media. Ooh. As a 20th century? I mean... The, the precursors of it. Chat rooms. Chat rooms, yeah. Like, I think I of... dig some chat rooms. <laughs> I'm thinking the, the dis, dis, like, disconnect, right? Mm. Being disconnected. Mm. And, like, I also think of, again, both and. Both have a great, immense way of connecting people and, and building relationships. But I think the, the precursors of to where we are now, mm-hmm. yeah. right, has created some people weren't planning obviously <laughs> right no they weren't like you know globalization <laughs> right they were just like connect with your sister and the other city. <laughs> yeah i had a name account okay mm. well, what was your uh, we're not name? doing that no. <laughs> it's up to you you have we're not no okay. right. no i know i can't do that are, what, are you still on there you don't want people messaging no it's just like it's i po- love it's, all the vulnerability we have yeah <laughs> but that's, that's the last i know i know you get to you can talk about the parents and stuff but what <laughs> oh, we're not gonna do so funny. is that you can talk about desire of penetration uh-huh. and all. all that <laughs> but not, but, my, but aim, not my aim my aim is off the table what was yours then 
Little Diamond 8941. Nice. See, if mine was like that, I would. Hear it. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. All right. All I was right. In, I was in Knuckle Curve 92. All right. See, again, S- but I was I'll, born in 91. So I just thought it sounded better with 92. <laughs> 92. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, yeah, we are all the same age. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that that would be my beef. I like that. Right Social now. Media precursors. Right. Where, where that has spread has created this immense amount of anxiety and depression around like who. It is that I present into the world versus who I am really and like having a really intense debate around those. And I think a lot of it is, you know, we're constantly projecting. And when I say we as we as humans, like the image that we want to see into the world that may not be true or may be slightly true. Being behind a screen really allows you to have complete control mm-hmm. and autonomy, which, again, there are many benefits of that. Mm-hmm. But we don't live in a world where you but are we, independent of the world. Of you, other people. you don't get that. You're walking down the street and you are that person mm-hmm. walking down the street. You don't mm-hmm. get to like pause and be like, you know what? Let me change mm-hmm. beings. Right. Let me put on my new skin. You know, <laughs> the, the other four of you are going to be like, wait, hold up. Now we got to change. Now we got to change too. <laughs> you better have outfits for all of them. <laughs> I know. I mean, I am in another life. Delania. That's my other name that I just came mm-hmm. up with. Okay. Um, this weekend. I, I knew there had to be some more names. Uh huh. I was, I, I was like, cause I that. love Delania because she's kind of manic. <laughs> a little mm-hmm. quick with it. Yeah, it kind of uh-huh. rhymes with mania. It kind of rhymes with yeah. That's the how mania we mania in the mania. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know the pain of yeah. I'm feeling yeah. I'm staining yeah. Yeah, the fluid draining. Yeah. Right. I got a lot. Of, <laughs> wow, I got a lot. A, we've done 206 episodes. I've never freestyled, never on, freestyled on the show. Oh my goodness. I should do it more. 266. 206. 206. That's yeah. a good number. I was gonna ask that. Okay. Yeah. I approve. I, I could have just been like, can we skip to 207? <laughs> we could archived it. <laughs> All, All right. right. We gotta get out of here. Let's do a checkout real quick. Okay. One sentence or word. Something that stuck with you from the conversation or just how you're feeling right now. I loved what you were saying about kind of these different pieces of the circle, the live event, the media, the organizing campaign, but all kind of serving the same thing and and, and meeting people and doing that work and contributing in all those different realms at the same time. That makes like perfect sense to me. Mm. And I loved the, the holistic nature of that, of you're like, these are the places where people communicate. Let's reach people in all those places. Right. That's like a very like integrative not a word peace it was uh, a word way, way to think about it so that's beautiful you made up that word great i love that word that's my new favorite word integrative all words were made up literally <laughs> i like when people say that i'm like well that's a word you said it i heard it <laughs> yeah yeah but i don't know what it Thank means you. is the problem um integrated inside of it yeah. I know. and the thing that is already integrated has internal integration nice <laughs> you did that nice. um Intrigration. creating language Ooh. y'all that's a yes. word now yes we gotta stop this. all right, all right. <laughs> uh, a lot of feelings I, I i feel inspired there's like feelings of admiration there, there's a lot of ways that you described how you move in your power and your strength that i am aspiring to operate more mm-hmm. and like i don't feel like i've came with those skills but i'm like feeling the possibility of like making those things happen so yeah, I'm I'm feeling that definitely like coming out of the the more nuanced notion of privilege mm. and it not being an anchor or a weight or a burden, right? But it being, you know, something to empower or liven. And then just feeling connected. We're part of the same community. Mm. I, I felt cool hearing I'm part of the family and just, you know, wanting to work more with OTV and Ergo and wanting like Breathe the Room and Reunion to be, Absolutely. be and connected. So Oh my goodness, I forgot. Yeah, Breathing Room also. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So th- those are the things that, that I am that I am thinking of. Okay. 
thank y'all. Of course. Y'all are just, yeah, this has been exactly how I needed to start this day as I integrate back into Chicago. Um, For me, I think there's just one word that sticks out, elevation. I've been thinking, like, throughout this conversation just about, and in general, a lot about frequencies and, like, uh, the vibrational forces that we just individually carry, right? Like, everything has movement. And this conversation has allowed me to think about the ways in which I'm showing up, right, with this elevation and taking up space as well as, like, when I need support, right, and need to be lifted. And I think I don't get a lot of opportunities to talk about my personal life (laughs) Um, and the ways in which I think and navigate and occupy space. And so it was just really nice to get out of um, you know, love OTV and I love reunion and I love people who care and I love all the other ones. We that weren't I'm probably interviewing you, We weren't interviewing them. I know because they don't exist. Exactly. <laughs> I exactly. wish they did because they can do some more work. Um, you wouldn't have to do. I wouldn't have to do all the things. Um, but no, I'm feeling in- incredibly elevated, and so thank you so much for having me. Of course. Where can folks find you and your work in the ways you want to be found? Yes. Everything has some type of digital copy. Um, (laughs) There is a digital version of Elijah um, if you want to come and see and fall into my rabbit hole. Exactly. Um, There's new versions being created every single day. (laughs) We're growing, expanding. We're in love with you. Um, Your website has four websites around it. (laughs) It does. It really does. But if you really want to get involved in my chaos, because it is chaos and I love it and I wouldn't change it for the world um you can find me at elijah that's e-l-i-j-a-h dot is slash happy beautiful yes i'm there and i will get you to what you need we're at ergo radio i'm at ergo kiss damon underscore af and we'll be back next week with another person reshaping the culture of chicago for the more equitable and creative much love to the people peace bye it's peanut butter jelly time peanut butter jelly time peanut butter jelly This episode of Ergo is sponsored by Backblaze. Get unlimited computer backup for Macs or PCs for just six bucks a month. Backup your docs, music, photos, videos, drawing, podcasts, projects, all your data. Restore your files anywhere you have internet, and even if you're off the grid, they can overnight you a hard drive with your backup on it. Over 40 billion files restored. The emphasis is theirs in the copy, but I still think it's kind of crazy. Get yourself a free, fully featured trial at backblaze.com slash cpc. Make sure you visit it at cpc so they know where you came from and continue to support the show. Start today.